watching porn. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm going to pack my shit up and go home. <laughs> and I'm taking my ball with me. And this is Fools of Tools, a podcast for the OT Olitor. Gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Al, how are you? Uh, perturbed, but uh, optimistic. Why perturbed? Because uh, I thought I was going to start the new year with uh, a new house. Uh, new year, new house. This, mo- this morning, I was bidding on an auction on a property for seventy thousand pounds, which doesn't even get you a deposit in most places in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had uh, it was an old, old wooden ship. It was a furniture restorer's house, and he worked on the property and had a workshop and a shed and a garage and a three-story Victorian house. And it was fucking incredible. It's falling down, and everything Obviously. needed redoing. Um, but the property was amazing. But basically, the bloke who's bought it is the bloke that owns the the industrial estate that the property backs onto, and he's mm-hmm. just going to knock it down for fucking car park space. So, yeah. what can you do? And basically, his 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 budget was endless because it was like, yeah. well, you bid an extra thousand pounds, I'm just going to bid an extra thousand pounds. <laughs> I can do this all day. Yeah. I could not do this all day, so I stopped. What a prick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of moving into a lovely new, terrible, old, shitty, damp, rusty, moldy property, uh, I will be moving out, and I will be taking the shack with me because um, I've had enough. <laughs> I've, I've spent oh, wow. £100,000 on rent since I've been living in this fucking house, and that's yeah. that's that's enough rent. Yeah. For one yeah. House. That's yeah. the price of a house. Well, on that note, you'll be pleased to know that I've uh, I fixed the lights in the spare room, so you'll have a you'll have a light in there now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, that's I mean I'm glad that you're uh, that you're getting out of there. I'm sad that you are not getting out of there into your yes, but that's that I'm I, I'm I'm seeing that as a temporal thing. I, I'm sure yeah. that it will happen at some point. It just not in the extremely short time frame of me finding a property on mm-hmm. an auction house yeah. and a week later try to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool man. Uh, I should probably wait until my business has at least got like a year's worth of um, like yeah, financial that. records before I start trying to buy a property. There you go. So when everyone starts asking you about loans and down payments yeah, and stuff, exactly. you're like, I yeah. promise I'm How profitable is this business of yours? What yeah. profitable? <laughs> I started it last week. How are we doing? I was going to say, to be fair, you probably want to give it like another six months or so anyway, because... Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, Brett, what about you? How are you? What have you been up to? Oh, been a busy boy. Uh, I think in in my typical fashion... I got frustrated with the old workspace, the old workshop, and seeing as the weather is very amicable, and uh, I didn't have a lot of plans during the holidays, I built myself another workshop, a small 10 by 10 workshop, uh, which started from foundation blocks, and I, you know, I got all those pavers moved that I was telling you guys about. I've built the damn thing. Now I'm just sorting out the interior. It's great. And I'm super proud of it. It's bulletproof, and I I just love it. It's a nice little space. Um, just a Go question on out. from the pictures. It looks really small, but obviously, if it's ten by ten, it's not really small. So it must be a the right. just the pictures from. Ah, that's what it is. I was looking at them on my phone. It's very no. It must be the proportions of it. Is it quite tall? Is it, if you got these bedroom. Yeah, I mean, I made the, the typical pitch like single pitch yeah. uh, roofing and stuff like that. The maths are really easy for sorting out pitch, but I made the back wall tall enough for me to stand comfortably yes. inside. And then the front wall is the maths that makes up the difference. Yeah. So it is around eight feet at the front right. okay, and like six and a half feet in the back. So it is kind of short in the back, but the pitch is really good. Yeah. And we have had rain and wind. And all the shingling that I did did not fall <laughs> off or leak. So, nice. bang on. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty 
I mean, it would be a typical shed that you would buy like a prefab over here. Um, but you know, the whole idea was I, I looked into buying a prefab and they were garbage. So yeah, it's oddly large for the actual square footage, right? I would love to have a gigantic shop. But that's just yeah. not going to happen. Um, and then the old shop is really awkward dimensions and just to feed into what the weeks have been, I got the new shop basically done. And then as I was working on the interior, I was pulling things out of the old workshop, like the insulation and the wall paneling. And I'm just going to use it. I don't know for the foreseeable future, I'm going to use it as just a forging space. And the new shop is going to be more of a finishing and, and fine work space so that everything doesn't get covered in metal and wood dust. I can sort that out and have kind of the dirty shop and then clean shop. Excellent. Happy shop. Uh, but yes. There shop. There you go. <laughs> In sync reference. Nice. Um, yeah. So pulling all of the stuff off the walls and, and sorting out the new space, putting everything over there from the old shop that I don't want to use. What I've done is now looked at how I built the old shop and although it is stood and it has been fine and a utilizable workspace, I've been very unhappy with myself. So instead of just going right, new shops done, old shops like bear, let's just go. Uh, I started ripping it apart and I'm going to rebuild it smaller because I don't need, I don't actually need it to be as long and hot dog shaped as it was. I'm going to consolidate it. Smaller, yes. slower. We can <laughs> there you go. For more and money. also the roof, <laughs> the roof's been having leak issues because I did not properly do an overhang or the proper overlap with the roof paneling that I bought. Anyway, it's just another one of those moments of like, I did a good job for the time being, yeah. or I did what was necessary and good enough. And now I'm just taking the time because I'm in build mode and everything is a little slow right now anyways. Um, I've got a couple of commissions that I got asked to do, which I'm really excited about. But I'm forcing myself to, if I'm in building and construction mode, just do it, get it all out of the way, and it will make future Brett happy. And that's really only probably a couple days away that I can start putting things back in order and utilizing both shop spaces, which is yeah. super, super exciting. It feels like the hack shack. It really does feel like the hack shack, Al. Um, just something about the depth of it and the doors on the front and everything like that. So you're taking the hack shack with you, but yep. in the interim, I built a hack shack. And it's quite <laughs> like nice. It. It's quite nice. I like it. Nice. But yeah, that's been me. I've just been, I wake up every morning. I work until I can't work anymore. It gets cold at night. And then I fucking <laughs> take a shower and go to sleep. That's it for like two weeks now. Solid. Brilliant. I think I'm in the best shape I've been in a long time. Just <laughs> working lumber and paneling all over the place and moving anvils. <laughs> it's just like, well, now I have to move it 10 feet that way. Okay, let's move it over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking so. of anvils, sorry, Steve. Um, I did, after about five long years of working on rusty cars, I have treated myself to an actual uh, impact wrench. Hey, I got hey. a, I got a secondhand one off eBay. Uh, in good working order was the was the advert. He was not was in it? good working order. Oh. Uh, uh, it worked. The motor works, um, but the fucking shaft was just flopping all over the place. I thought this isn't right. Took it apart. The anvil was just completely shattered. So obviously That's someone fun. had been trying to de-rust a nut that was a little bit too rusty. Yeah. Um, and this is a big fuck. This is like a thousand newton meter, whatever that is in uh, Welsh pounds, like. <clears throat> Talk impact wrench is massive. It's the biggest one Makita do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the anvil had just exploded inside. So I had to spend the same amount of money again that I'd bought the fucking thing for <laughs> to replace the anvil inside. I was like, I might as well have just bought a new one by the time yeah. I'm <laughs> Fuck. It was not in good working order. No. <laughs> but is it is it nice and, and working now? Um it for all intents and purposes, it works. I haven't tried it yet. It might just explode in my hand if I try it on because the Freelander that I bought the I, I forgot you brought a fucking Freelander. You can't take the fucking um, crank pulley bolt off because basically it turns the opposite way to the engine. So over time it just tightens and it's uh, and it's a yeah. twenty year old car. So there's no way that's coming off. Yeah, I tried a 
breaker bar and I was basically bending my break my meat along breaker bar. <laughs> yeah. Um so this is the ultimate test of this very shit second hand <laughs> nut knocker is to take this nut off. Have you have you uh before you try the nut knocker, have you tried uh heating it as well? Yes. Cool. It's just very, very close to lots of yeah. flammable things in the engine bay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's I, got the up, I lit my car on fire. And no, I, I, I literally got a load of cloth, wet cloths, and like put them around them. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. right. it's, it's, it's it's um it's transversely mounted. Yeah, in the Freelander, so like you have to go in sideways through the fucking wheel arch. And like it sounds really because in Europe, Brett, cars are uh, front wheel <laughs> drive. It sounds really counterintuitive, but that's genuinely where uh, an oxypropane torch comes in really handy yes. because it heats it up so quickly. I'm not spending any more money on no, for tools for this car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yes, uh, what have I been up to? You ask. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's when when did we last record? Fucking months ago. Before the holidays, I think. Yeah. Uh, I essentially, uh, we've just been fucking working this entire time, um, either in the workshop or in the pub. Uh, it's been a very busy time for both. Um, and it's it, like this whole year for, well, for me has been, hmm. sorry, I say this whole year, last whole year. All nine days uh, of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, last year was an insane year for me um but lots of really really good shit um and already this year is looking to be even more insane and have even more cool stuff happening um so as a business we've uh, example we've just launched the or i said just launched we launched the ta axe just before christmas um that sold out in three and a half hours no two and a half hours um my branding, um, my branding brain can't get over the fact that this just tax. Yeah, I know. Tax. We're making taxes. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've sold them uh, and they want another batch. Basically, they want another batch right away. So we're doing that as well. Um, plus the all day stuff. We've got a load of extra stuff going on with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a bunch more. Yes, Brett? Did you film the stuff that was in the video? What the video? TA video? No. YouTube? No, that's uh that was all done by Mike. Um Okay. I was gonna say just I wouldn't have put that past you to be able to film that stuff, but I was like, holy shit, that camera is really doing some work. Yeah. I know you got a new one and uh, you were testing yeah, yeah. things out, but yeah. Anyway. Um well that, I was gonna say, yeah, that's one of the other things that's gonna be coming up. We're doing a bit of filming uh next week. Um uh, yeah, it's just like there is there is a hell of a lot of really fucking cool shit going on. Um, we're also like we're speaking to a few other businesses and things about like potential collabs and we're together and doing events together and all of this sort of stuff. And it's it's looking like it's going to be a really fucking good hectic year. Um, yeah. Part of all of that is. So I, I know we've talked about it before, like back where we were before, we all used to spend uh, most of January because January was always quite a quiet month, um, kind of rejigging the workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of thought we might have a chance to do that. And yeah, we'd have a chance to do a few other things because you know, January is going to be really quiet. And it's it's not. January is really fucking busy because mostly because Joe kept saying, yes, we'll do it in January to every bit of work that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he thought we were going to be quiet and we would have been busy anyway, but with all the extra work as well, um, it's going to be mad. Um, but we've, we've taken on another, um, another bit of property at the the place where we are. Um, so we're expanding out already. It's going to be more of a kind of, um, office packing room, storeroom sort of deal. Um, but that's going to get used. And then, we're going to move a load of the the woodworking stuff and all of that up into the kitchen area that which is on the mezzanine of where we are and basically just reorganize it and it's just this it is going to be reorganize everything and doing it like trying to get things um sorted out because what we don't really want to do is we want to get it set up and then that be it we don't want to have to redo things yeah. in another six months time or another year's time or whatever right um so yeah it's that whole thing of 
you know, we we want to spend a bit of time planning it and and figuring out like right what's going to be the most efficient way to do it. But so much of that you don't really know until you you're using that space, mm -hmm. um, and there's only so much time you can spend uh, pre-planning it before you just have to fucking crack on and do it. Yeah, um, which is basically what uh, what you, we were talking about in the in the pre-show with regards to the topic. Um, and the fact that you know how how long do you spend uh, prepping something and, and figuring it out before you just say fuck it, I'm doing it like that. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna strike while the iron is hot, so to speak. Um, yeah. Whilst I've got the momentum, but again, like you say, it, it's it's trying to balance the fact that you don't want to um, uh, you don't want to just steam ahead and do something wrong. You want to at least have some semblance of a plan, at least the first or second time around you do it. <laughs> yeah. So I will take it from here because Steve's drinking Diet Coke. Like a... Anyway. I'm drinking full I, yeah. with, with rum in it. <laughs> I brought this up with the boys in the pre-chat um, and it has to do with just my observations of what I've done to the the original shop that I built out here versus the new one. And most of the thoughts that are running through my head are uh, where do you find the balance between, like Steve said, steaming forward and using your motivation or if you're, uh, if you're feeling really inspired to work on a project, you want to just be able to run and gun, right? Go with the energy that you've got and make the thing happen. Put the work into it and hope for the best at the end. I think there's a skill that gets developed over time where um, obviously the more you do something or the more experience you have, even if it's something you've never done before, if you're taking experiences from the past that will feed into that, you will probably make better decisions. Now, I had never really built a structure before. I built the workshop out here and I was pretty happy with it. But looking at it now, it is not terribly built, but it was just improper. Like there's no yeah. overhang on the roof, right? There, when it rains, which is very seldom out here, there was nowhere for the water to go. And I did a pretty shit job on the roof and the framing and whatever. It served its purpose, but I'm yeah. looking back at it now a couple of years later, just going, why didn't I take the time to do a better job the first time around? Because now I could make the decision to just leave it as is and continue utilizing that space just as a covered place to to work on the forge but i'm not going to be comfortable with it the yeah. roof rattles around there's minor leaks everywhere the walls will fall apart eventually so i'm having to go back and fix it and i hate having to fix things because i did them in a rush to begin with because i was just like too energetic too excited whatever it is quick I, question i hate that feeling is like because i think you you basically already said this but is it just because you were in a rush or is it because you didn't know how like you, because like it, it's all very well um reading oh you should do it like this but if you don't know why and you've not like it's it's very easy what i'm saying is it's very easy to kind of go like i don't see why i need to do it like that if i do it like this surely that'll work if you don't have the experience of doing it wrong the first time yeah um, it I think this goes back to the the walking into the workshop with naivety yeah. or walking into the, yeah. you know, we've discussed this plenty of times when it was just a question of, and I think I even did it in the video that I, where I built the damn thing. It was like, we're just building a box. Just build four sides and put a roof on it. Yeah. And now having done the new shop and built it to contractor level spec. Oh, that's why they do this. Oh, that's why there's a piece of wood here otherwise doesn't seem important but it's really important you need that thing and i i don't know like i don't want to i'm not bashing on myself because clearly it served its purpose over the last couple of years but i just know i could do better yeah. so i'm gonna have to take a day or two to fix it and yeah it, this is the the fucking constant question that's been bugging me over the last couple of days is just why didn't I take the time or wh where did I think that was the right idea? What do I, I don't even remember watching any kind of videos like I did for the new shop. Hmm. I spent like two weeks 
research two weeks researching all of the stuff that and why you do it this way and why 16 on center is different than 24 on some of these shops and now looking at the old shop i'm just like did i even research did i even take the time to understand how lumber dimensions work i'm like it'll be 16 feet long well it's 16 plus two one by twos you know or two two by sixes we'll or stay overhang. yeah and then i'm like no wonder the roof didn't go to the edge because i lost three inches when i put the stuff on the outside why didn't i just trim off three inches from the minor things like that where i can't tell because it's been so long i can't tell where i went wrong and now i'm just forcing myself to fix it but again that only makes me learn more and understand better how to approach these kinds of things in the future i do think it feeds into workshop practices too first time you built like hb al you, you did what you could with the lumber that you had and you put it together and then it was like modify make it maybe a little bit better oh now we're adding a beer dispenser to brace <laughs> yeah frost bracing triangles triangles are extremely strong no wonder people use triangles on things and I think forging, you know, there are aspects of forging where it's like, well, yeah, I, I got to the end game, but could I have done a better job? Or what are the things that feed into this process better for a better result that will either last longer or I don't have to fix it at the end, spend less time fixing it on the grinder or whatever? I I want your guys' thoughts because, Al, I think in your uh design history this is something that comes up pretty often too like people changing and their iconography and stuff so often a lot of that is just the way that society is right we got to change we got to refresh we got to do stuff and you're like what if we did it right the first time then marketing just wouldn't exist <laughs> like we just did it once we never have to change anything again because we just nailed it so yes your thoughts. Talk amongst yourselves. So, Tell me how you feel about these things. The, the struggle is eternal, right? You, you said, oh, I did it wrong. It's like, no, you didn't do it wrong. You, you, you could have done it better, but you could always have done it better. Mm. Every single fucking time. If you, even if you went back in time, redid it, and gone like this, there would have been something else that you would have got. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, I, when I, I was, did the roof, same as you, Brett, the pitch on the, the shack. And it was like, oh, recommended this much overhang, right? So the rain drips off the roof and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, fuck, it doesn't need to be. And, and basically, I just went off how long a 8 by 4 sheet was yeah, to save material because mm -hmm. I was doing one like that and then staggering it and going. And it's like, if I did it any longer, I would have to get another sheet and take six yeah. inches off every sheet. Mm -hmm. I'm not fucking doing mm -hmm. that. I'm just going to do it to get this pitch. I want this length and it's going to be here. Mm -hmm. Now I know why, because the rain doesn't go far enough away from the wall and it drips. <laughs> and now there's all the whole bottom of the shack is like water damaged because yeah. the, the, the rain, you know, so it's like, yes, I could have done that better, but it would have cost me more money. Would have taken more time. Would have taken more materials, blah, 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 blah. In the long run, do I need to beat myself up about it? No. Next time, will I make it longer? Yes. <laughs> because, you know, that extra 10 bucks per foot of roof material yeah, is going to save me ball ache in the long run. But at the time, it's what... And I think it's about thinking about at the time. At the time, Brett, was it right for what you're doing? Yes. To go back and go, oh, why didn't I do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's everything. Yeah. That's every screw you ever put in, every, you know, strike of the hammer. It's, oh, I could have done that with a slightly different degree and that could have been a little bit warmer. Oh, I was a bit cold. I heard that. It's like, well... Perfection is irrelevant and yeah. doesn't exist. Mm. I mean, it, that that is literally experience. That's why yeah. it's it's worthwhile getting someone that is experienced to give you advice. Um, not that we always listen to that advice, but yeah, it's no. But they're, they're also going to be wrong. Yeah, the person that you get in that's the expert, they'll do it, and then and then and then some little kid will go, "Oh, actually, have you ever tried doing this?" Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're wrong. So it's yeah. like it, it's just basing your kind of anxieties on this this false ideal that we've created it's yeah. folly i mean i think because we, we've talked about it before and i remember back on one of the very early shows we were talking about it and, and brett you you made the point of um you don't want to listen to someone just because they've been doing it for x number of years which 
is a hundred percent right because you can you can do something for twenty years, but you can be doing it completely wrong mm-hmm. for twenty years. Um, but I do think that there is um, there is value in that experience and that rep- repetition. I mean, mm-hmm. again, like not to keep banging that drum, but like we when we've done production runs of stuff, like the, like for example, I'm doing uh, another batch of butter knives at the moment, and I'm doing uh, 150 again, which is the same as I did the last time. The forging on this 150 took me a day and a half. Um, the last time I did it, it took me four and a half days um, just because I had that experience and was like, okay, I can do this. But I'm also, I'm skipping steps. So when I'm forging out, I'm just spending a little bit of time with the very last of the heat, um, just straightening out that little bit more than I was before. So I don't have mm-hmm. to go back and do a separate step of straightening. Um, I'm stamping them before grinding them down because otherwise I've got to grind them down twice. I'm doing th- like just lots of little incremental changes that are just making it faster and more efficient. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the the ones that I made before are wrong. It's just that it took more time to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, like with, with your sort of stuff, like where it's um, – like the, the, it, it, sorry, it's it's like R&D on a product. You'll do a product and it's that whole MVP, minimum viable product. So you've done it and you know it works. It does the thing that it needs to do, but doesn't mean that you can't keep improving that. And I think mm-hmm. what you said about the the marketing even, like I, I disagree. I don't think that there is a, that you could ever get to the point where you go, right, right, okay, that's it. That is the perfect logo. That's the perfect thing. We're never going to change because- people change society changes you have to keep going with the times like even like classic brands that you think of as being like oh it's always been the same like like in cadbury or whatever like it even with them they have made slight incremental changes throughout the years just to um keep up with the times because the fucking the whole world is marketeers in jobs yeah i did hear that eddie bauer it might be a, it might be just a made up thing by the internet, but I did hear that Eddie Bauer switched their logo that's existed forever because it was cursive, and younger generations can't read cursive, <laughs> so now they have like a yeah. serif font. Simple could be made up, but that did make give me a, a giggle. <laughs> Al, so, yeah. No, so 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 Steve was talking about this sort of like incremental getting better every time, and and you know always improving and stuff like that. Totally agree, and with the, with production work, that's great, and you're going to get to a point where it's like, oh, we've reached almost maximum efficiency. It's like a yeah, yeah. right. What I love is that second time you do something. Yeah. So the first time is like a learning experience. I don't know what I'm doing. I made lots of mistakes, but then the second time, it's fucking astronomical. The gap in yeah. how long it takes you. You know the mistakes that you make, how much better it is, how much stronger the thing ends up being. So mm-hmm. it's like Brett, that second structure you've built was probably easier, more comfortable, stronger. You know, better put together, better looking. You know, better wind protection, everything. Um, probably cheaper. You know, per square yeah. foot or whatever. But it's like because you just learned so much from that first time. And yeah, then Steve, you go on to go, and then I can shave a bit off here, shave a bit off there. Yeah, if, you're yeah. make, if you're making a hundred sheds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think you are making yeah. hundred sheds, yeah. Um, but I, I love, I love doing one-offs. Right, that's my raison d'être is just doing something like, yeah. Most even now, like when I'm doing handyman work, most of the shit I do is I've never done before, and I'm doing for the first time. Right, yeah. Um, but I love doing it the second time because I've already got the experience. I kind of have a rough idea now of what I'm doing instead of just winging it. Yeah. And I've got an opportunity to improve as well. So there's like a morale boost in there. Yeah. I think, I think that like, cause you kind of said um, just at the end there, like the fact that you've got the experience there that you like, yes, you're winging it, but you can draw that experience from mm. other times that you've done it. And I think. Cause the adrenaline of winging it is different. Yeah. That's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to use all these skills from elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Think laterally. But then yeah. that, but then but once you know what you're doing, you're like, Oh fuck. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, th- I think like, like you say, like you, that's where the the whole research thing comes in and it doesn't matter how like i i appreciate this sounds like a fucking boomer saying it but it doesn't matter how many times how many books you read on a subject like it's 
like actual hands-on experience is invaluable because it's it's that muscle memory it's the way that you know the the way that the the wood feels or the steel feels or whatever like that's that intuitive stuff i think only comes with experience mm -hmm. um and like even if you give someone like specific instructions like right do a taper to this long do this to this long do that like we did um the other day i had ollie in the workshop and she um was just forging out some tapers and uh sorry some skewers and so it started off with right okay i'll demonstrate how to do the first one and i demonstrated it and just did it and i I, i'll be honest i didn't take any measurements it was all just off the bat and it was just like right okay just do this just do this just do this um showed the whole process hand it over and with the first one kind of i was working on other things at the same time so i kind of semi went through with a right okay you know do like your first taper okay do it around do this one right okay about this long okay it's a bit short but whatever and went through the whole thing and the the one that she came up with was it, it was fine it wasn't quite there but in, for a first attempt it was pretty good but you know it wasn't quite there so then she was like right okay I, and i said like there's four bits of stock go off and make a few more um and there was it was incremental improvements because each time it was like i realized what i did wrong on the last one and i realized so she you know she already had the the full like set of instructions of like how long each thing had to be but again it was that hands-on thing of realizing oh well if i hit if i don't if I hit it that hard, then it moves this much sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's that actual, um, physicality of it and, and that experience. And yeah, by like the third or fourth one, they were looking pretty much exactly the same as the, the demonstration one. And I think like you say, like that second time round where you can put into practice all the lessons you learned on the first one. Mm -hmm. And for me yeah i i think like i i like doing something again and again and again until i get it right but then once i've got it to the to kind of a satisfactory level then i kind of i'm like okay i'm done with that now but mm. if you look at bottle openers for example like i remember the first bottle opener i ever made like on my own it's in fact it's over there it's fucking terrible and at the time i was like that's kind of shit but i remember when i got to the point where i was like oh okay these are actually really good bottle openers. i'm really happy with them I went back to them a year later and was like, these are fucking terrible. I need to do that again. And I yep. think like you can only do so well as you can do at the time. So, you know, at the time that was not necessarily the best shed that you could have built at that point, but it was the best shed you could have built at the time with the time that you had. And like Al said, I don't think you need to, to beat yourself up about it and don't need to be like, fuck, I, sh I should have done this better because you at the time you, you didn't know and it was the best you could do at the time mm. um and yeah i think you are going to go back and do uh you'll improve it again but then in you know the next the next property you you move into there's you're going to apply a load of lessons that you've learned from this one as well and i think that's it it's a it's a cycle it's, it's something that's always going to keep improving right well i I appreciate all the things that we're talking about in terms of improving over time or learning over time. But to go back to the original challenge of this question, do you think it's important to kind of halt somebody? Say they're asking advice, right? Whether it's forging, Steve, or Al, say you have one of the homeowners that you're working for just going, hey, do you mind just telling me what you're doing? I'd love to be able to maybe work on this in the future. Maybe not. I have no idea. But no, that's every one of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, do you mind if I just stand and watch you? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's going to cost you extra. Yeah. I hate that. But if they want to, if you're talking to anybody who kind of wants to learn, mm. and this is all experience, right? Or time that we've spent doing these things to learn these skills, do you want, like, how hard would you push to, get them to do the research or, or understand things fully before they approach it versus stepping in and go, I don't know. You're only going to learn if you just fuck around and find out to use the millennial colloquialism term right now. <laughs> For me, and this is incredibly unsustainable and uneconomic. I don't want to do the work, right? I'm, yeah. I'm like a dentist. I don't want to have to fix people's teeth. I want people to look after their own teeth. So when I'm in that situation, 
I will say to them, this is a fucking fiber washer. This goes in the top of the tap and it stops the tap leak, right? And it takes five minutes and they cost two cents. Yeah. Do this next time. You don't have to call me. So every time, because I, because I, I a, want, I just want people to know how to do things, right? Yeah. yeah. I always have done it. I love people knowing how to do shit. But also it's like, I don't want to waste my time doing this. Like, you know, if you had a real challenge for me and something that you couldn't do, yeah, then it's worth me coming down. If I'm coming down here for a minute of work for something that you could do yourself. And something that you've done six times already this year. It's like, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather take the time to, but also it's helping them understand the value in the work as well mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. like the, the value in the work is not a two cent washer and a screwdriver because anyone has access to that the value is i know how a tap works yeah so the value so i want them to understand that i've learned this it's taking me time money you know experience to learn these skills this is this translates to everything right and i want them to understand that's why i'm here yeah you know i'm not here to stop your tap leaking some people just want that. Some people just want, can you make, stop the tap from leaking? It's like, yeah, I can. But I could do that in a million ways. And then I, I could be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's probably what a lot of people do. Yeah. But I want to show you what's wrong for starters. You know, I think it's really important that people understand. It's like, it's like a mechanic, right? And you have the cliche thing of like, you know, here's what list of what's wrong with your car. It's like, yeah. You know, the true honest one will tell you what's wrong and, and explain and this is why you need to and this one maybe isn't as important and you don't have to do this. You could yeah. do this, but let's focus on the shit that we that is more urgent. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I love that shared experience and shared knowledge and explaining what I'm doing. And it's a bit like self worth as well. Like the, you know, I'm this is why I'm here. Look, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> oh, that's smart. I, I, like genuinely, this I think, is really heavy. <laughs> I think you you've made a brilliant point when you said about the fact that you're showing that it's not the the part that is the value; it's the knowledge. And by otherwise, you turn uh, up, just post the washer through yeah. the door, and go. You've got a screwdriver. Do it your fucking self. Yeah. And I think, like, by you passing that information on, you're like, so they're not they're not paying to just get. The tap fix they mm. they're paying for a lesson on how to fix the tap themselves next yes. time as well um which i think is a really valuable one um so yeah i i think that's a that's well, a it, and again in the in the, the the sort of crude sense of the term i'm doing myself out of work there yeah but then hopefully you're building relationships with people and yeah. they're going oh shit this guy knows how to x right yeah can he make me some blinds? Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that ain't something that you're going to put, you know, you, you yeah. haven't got a sewing machine for one. It's like, you're not going to suddenly start, you know, showing people how to make yeah. fucking blinds. So it's a kind of foot in the door. Yeah. And it, it also, um, with little things like that, it shows that you're not looking to squeeze every last penny out of no. someone. You're looking exactly. to, to make their lives easier, um, mm-hmm. which is what they want in someone that's doing that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, Brett, in, like in answer to, to that question about whether you expect someone to learn, to know everything about it before they start or not, I think there is definitely a, um, it, it's a sliding scale. Uh, and I think there's like more of a, like a, a sweet spot in somewhere in the middle. Do you basic research? Yeah. Like. Like, I mean, like stuff like fire is hot. Don't touch it. Like, like stuff like that. Um, but I mean, we, we've had people that come along. Don't touch. Yeah. We've had people that have come along to classes where they have not got much out of the class because they've gone off and they've done a load of research beforehand. They think they know what they're talking about and they've spent so long telling us how much they know that they don't actually learn anything. They don't actually get hands-on experience. Um, and, and again, they're missing the point. Yeah. The point, the point is in the nuance and yeah. the, the the feel of it without yeah. being too romantic. Yeah. And I mean, I, not, I, I, not, oh, are you holding yeah. it like that? Like, yeah, oh, exactly. And and the realization that actually everyone, everyone is going to be slightly different. Like there is no point in me saying you must hold the hammer like this. You yeah. must do it like that. Like the amount of times I've said, this is how we do it. 
but do what feels comfortable to you. There are certain things that I'm going to tell you, like maybe don't do it like this because that will cause this. But that again, that's that's where the knowledge and experience comes in because it's it's knowing that 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 thing causes this thing, um, and this is how you get there. But like the amount of times that I have explained to students, like right, we're going to start off by doing X, Y, and Z, but before I even show you how to make a taper, I want you to get a bit of steel hot and just hit it. I just hit it hard because that is, it, it's like if you're, if you're going to be tiling for the first time, like don't start off in the middle of the bathroom floor, like start off in the corner. So when you fuck it up, it's kind of hidden out of the way. Like your, your first time doing anything, you don't have the muscle memory. You don't have like the, it, it takes a little bit of time to get that. Don't little, start in the corner. Well, you like it takes a little bit of time to get that little bit of nuance in, like start in a, start in the fucking mud room or whatever it is rich people have like don't don't start well, americans have yeah <laughs> with all their fucking rooms why is your washing machine in the kitchen because it's the only fucking place i've gone for it i have a room just for a machine <laughs> but um but yeah like like start somewhere where it's not going to get seen like fuck around and play around first because the first time you do anything like unless you're one of those really fucking naturally skilled people like it, you're going to fuck it up. And you, I think it's kind of important to to know that and to not expect that the first time you build a shed, it's going to be the greatest shed ever made. Or the first time you yeah. forge a, <laughs> the first time you forge a skewer, it's not going to be the, the most perfect skewer in the world. Like allowing yourself to make those mistakes, I think is really important, but having the knowledge that that doesn't mean that you're bad at the thing. It just means that you haven't got that muscle memory or whatever. Um, and then if you've got knowledge behind that, then you can kind of, you, like I say, you can kind of balance the two. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's, there's words you're using there, Steve, and I want, I want us to be clear on them. So like knowledge, I, I always have this dude in my head, by the way, when you are, whenever you talk about him, the guy that comes and thinks he knows what he's talking about at yeah. blacksmith, right? He's done his research, right? <laughs> And I'm using air quotes for those not yeah. watching on YouTube. And for others not watching on YouTube, Brett has some nice dungarees on, but you can't he can't hear those. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, doing your research is not the same thing as doing your experience. Yeah. Or doing, uh, and maybe knowledge is, a, is some sort of bridge there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is not the same thing as information, I don't think. Yes. I think knowledge is imbued with experience so you, you you can you can go in thinking you know something oh i've, I've taken all my measurements uh, i know it needs to be this i've read all the uh, the the co- the building code blah 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 blah, blah. And it's only when you come to do it you go oh fuck yeah that won't reach yeah. there and that needs to underlock there and i can't you know i i couldn't get my head around brett the underneath of the eaves i just couldn't three-dimensionally like, <laughs> physically picture it in my head yeah, and I I tried drawings, I tried schematics, I tried to you know hold bits of wood up and do it. And it was only when I physically came to do it, and I had the bit of wood on the roof at the angle. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, that's how. And mm-hmm. it overlaps. And there's no way I could have done that. You know, right. I was like fucking um, Russell Crowe, right? <laughs> Not in romper stomper in a beautiful mind. Um, right. Yeah, and so I think there's a there's a massive chasm between the information and the knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, I think that that's the difference, Brett, for me. It's like don't don't come in knowing everything before you do it. It's like you can't know everything before you do it. You can research right. it, but it, it's all just information and data and you know and and stuff that other people have done and isn't necessarily real and true, especially on YouTube. It's like oh, I saw someone do this or someone did this on their van. It's like yeah, but that isn't fucking real, is it? <laughs> yeah. And Brett, I know you want to go, but I just quickly want to make a point of saying as well that I think with doing too much research as well it can make things so much more intimidating than they Mm. need to be because it's that when you start looking into something and then you start reading more information more information and all of a sudden this thing that was like oh it's just rewiring a plug to oh shit i've got to make sure it's this that and the the other and the thing is the the stuffs and oh just 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 quickly before brett goes yeah my mum and dad were both teachers, right? They didn't teach me very much. I brought myself up. But the one thing my mum taught me that always resonated with me is kids and why she loved working with kids 
is because they go into the any situation without knowing the answer. Yeah. And adults, we've got a fucking an aversion to that and we're the opposite we we want to go into any every situation knowing everything yeah. and 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 being prepared and and not being embarrassed and we want to know the answers before we, and it's like no it's so like you say it's so dangerous doing that that's because, fucking brilliant because like you that. go in think and you've already done the damage yeah and it, it, you re, it's really really proud and stubborn and you don't want to go back on the things that you've just spent time learning yeah and someone going oh actually this is how you do it but i've i looked up and it like does it like this <laughs> like, yeah and and but and and kids kids don't do that. Kids are the opposite. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that's fucking like genuinely. I think that's a really fucking. Good it's point a great. It's make. a great yeah. thought in it. Because like I think I I've talked about it before when I used to do the IT stuff. Like that was part of my job was to be the the person that wasn't afraid to take my hand up and go. I don't understand yeah. why why are we doing it like this? This makes no sense. Can someone please mm-hmm. explain? But we're so we're so ashamed of that now as yeah. adults. Yeah. Which is dumb. Um, which is sorry. Dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. Yeah, you go. You, I, uh, I, I was I'm just, sure you've forgotten I, what your point was. No, I, three points later. I remembered. It's you're talking about, you know, having this knowledge and and having the experience in it. And just as an example, um, the new workshop space. It's it's like you frame it and then you skin it, and then you put the trim on to cover all the gaps and you know make it look nice. And if you really uh, back up, back up to, I've built 15 sheds. I know exactly what to do. I'm going to build it the ex- same way I've done it 15 times. Okay. If you're that person and you're smart enough, what you would do is frame it, put all your exterior sheathing and skinning, like cut it to the shapes that it needs to be. And then you would paint it because it's extremely easy to paint when it's flat and on the ground. And then you go and install it. And then you paint all your trim and cut it to the right size and everything. And then you put your trim on and guess what? It's basically fucking done. When it, you're me and making those small improvements, it was like, it all fits. The sheathing is on it. There's a roof on it and everything. And then it was like, I should probably paint it, you know, for the weather. Cause <laughs> exterior house paint really makes a big difference, especially out here in the desert with the UV, it'll destroy raw wood. Right. And I knew there was, inclement weather coming in with rains and things and i was like i can't i can't let it go too long because then the wood will swell up and it'll go all kinds of springy so let's paint everything and i look at it and i'm like i'm like oh my god i sealed every edge with trim and then went back with you know caulking and did all of the weatherproofing and sealing and stuff and it was like now i have to paint it Oh my God, I have to get like a detail brush and go along the edge, you know, and try and paint all the trim, but not get it on the white paint that I'm painting over here. And I'm painting all the trim black. So this is going to suck if I do it wrong. And it took 10 times longer because if I just knew what all the pieces looked like and all the cut sizes and everything, and I wasn't specifically putting them up and putting a, a mark line on them and then going, right, cut that. And then we'll put it back in place and make sure it fits. And then I screw it down. I went through the entire process, right? And then sealed everything. I went, I should have fucking pre-painted everything. It would have made my life a lot easier. It took me almost an entire day to paint the exterior, which is not that big, but because I wasn't thinking ahead and I didn't pre-cut, measure, trim any of that stuff to be able to paint it. So now going forward, if somebody goes, let's build a 10 by 10 shed, Let's paint it first. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm going to be like, paint all the panels first. It doesn't matter. We can fix. You can do touch-ups after the fact mm. if you bump something or you get a little scuff mark. Fuck me, right? So a big step forward between the last one and the new one, but still making those mistakes of going, ah, but could have saved myself a load of time if I had just done it this way. Oh my god, what am I doing? Up and down on a ladder, deep trim brushes and stuff. So that's the kind of thing that knowledge, when you talk about knowledge, the understanding of why you do something to me makes so much more sense than just, I want the thing to exist. I don't care how I get there. Yeah. And I think all three of us are the same where we will take the extra time to understand, but I know we've also all experienced the people they come in just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at some videos. I looked up some stuff online. I don't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm aiming for. I'm like, do you know why 
you are aiming for that? Do you know what it takes or the reasoning behind it? Why are you pre-painting all your trim? Because it'll save you a fuck ton of time and at, yeah. at the last step, why are you spending 10 more minutes on the anvil? Because it saves me 40 minutes on the grinder. That'll people adage. just don't care though. Yeah. I can see myself boring people by explaining why. And they're just not interested. Some people yeah. just want the thing done. Yeah. Or they want the thing to exist. They don't care how it got there, who made it, why why it's a certain shape. Yeah. You know, I've started I'm not asking, saying they're good people or I want to be around them, but there's no. a lot of people like that. <laughs> and I will admit that in the last year or so, if somebody asks for advice or how I built something or whatever. I will actively start the conversation with, do you want to learn how I did it? You really want to know. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually want to know, or do you just want me to talk you through like the yeah. bullet points? Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've had that discussion enough times, uh, started a few years ago, but it was definitely like, well, why are you doing it that way? And I would over talk and I used to catch shit. Like all you guys would, I know it was, you know, for funsies, but it'd be like, uh, all I asked is like, why'd you go outside today? I'm like, well, you know, I started out and it, I get it, but it was because that was always what was in my head. Do you do you actually want me to share the the thing, the thought process of what went into it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You just want to know why I painted it black. Yeah, yeah. Because I like black. That should have been the end of the discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think like for for me with with regards to um, wanting to know before doing it, like wanting to understand why. I think that's the the key thing to me is if. If there's a list of rules to how for how to make a shed or whatever, I I might glance over them. But if any of those rules don't make sense to me, like I don't instantly understand why you do it like this, I am one hundred percent going to ignore that until mm -hmm. I've made mm -hmm. the mistake myself and then gone, oh, that's why. And then to be perfectly honest, I'm probably still going to like ignore it the second time round because I'm an idiot and I forget this stuff. No, but, but if it happened to you. You're more likely to remember it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, oh, I learned, yeah, by, by doing that. And but that's why I I like um or I, I I like people that have that knowledge so that I can say, well, why do I have to do that? Um, because if they turn around and say, oh, it's because of this, it's 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 because you don't want to have to then paint it after you put the trim up because of blah blah blah. Then like, all right, okay, and then at, at least then I've got the enough knowledge to go. Well, actually. I'm painting the trim and that all the same color anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm just going to hit the whole thing with spray gun, don't worry about yeah, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Or or whatever, and you 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 then gain that that knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, for me, I can't just follow a, a set of rules because it's a set of rules. Like I have to understand why. And for me personally, a, a big part of that is by fucking it up and making those mistakes so that i know the next time and i i am massively impatient like i'm not necessarily one of those people that's just like i just want the thing there but at the same time i just want the thing there like and if i'm building it myself then i'm just like oh fuck it i just don't like this it's quicker it's easier i don't care and then afterwards kick myself for it and be like okay i'm gonna do it again but i'm gonna do it better mm -hmm. um but yeah i think like i i do like, by and large i need to I need to fuck up on my own before I'll, I'll learn a lesson. So I'm the worst. You are. Yeah. I, in fact, I'm not spiffing. Have you got an order? Uh, yeah, it's Azab. Azab, which means you, my friend, are first. So... I've been, for those that can see in the background, is my vintage sewing machine. Yes. Uh, that I've just finished uh, servicing. Ooh. It's quite the ordeal. Yes. Um, and having to take it apart, and it's all mechanical. It's fucking gorgeous inside. It's all levers and shit, and you move the dial, and it turns the cog and the cam, and then it pushes levers up, and then that, mm. that's what changes the settings on the sewing machine. And there's all these wheels in the back that do different yeah. patterns, and each wheel has teeth in it. Oh, apart from it's 55 years old. So all the grease has turned to fucking bone <laughs> <laughs> and nothing turns and nothing moves and you can't get into it because it's so ornate and it's like, it's like a Swiss watch. Yeah. Um, but it's all done now. It's all working. It's but I've been doing a lot of um, sewing over the sort of 
December period, um, one of my clients needed some blinds making. So I was making all these uh, like folding blinds. Um, and I've just been following a few people on the socials mm-hmm. to help with my crafts with Ellen uh, slash Janie Sumerset vibe of nice. haberdashery and upholstery. Um, and there's one particular dude called Cornelius Quiring. So Cornelius, as you would, and then Q-U-I-R-I-N-G, which I think is a measure of paper, but I'm not sure why that's his surname. <laughs> it, might just, it might just be his surname. I don't know what it's got to do with um, Haberdasher. Um, but he's just some nice, simple, knowledgeable, helpful like advice as to, to your point, Brett. If I take this stitch apart and restitch it here, it will do this to my shirt, but it means that I can't lift my arm up. <laughs> and it just explains it really well. And it's like, yeah, the, you could do this, but this is why shirts have been made this way for like 200 years. Mm-hmm. So it's really helpful. It's really sort of like uh, layman's terms. And I just I, like his like his channel. I've, so I've just looked at his, what I'm assuming is his, is he wearing a cowboy hat? Yes. Okay, yeah. I've just looked at his uh, Instagram. And at first I was like, this this can't be it and then started scrolling down him. Like, oh no that is that it's yeah that looks fucking awesome the the format's just really nice it's it's yeah. like it's not like inside a baseball it's like he he's telling you how it is and it's great and it's just all little like really nice tools here's why you use drafting paper here's why you know you use this specific set of scissors and all this stuff it's just great yeah that's really cool anyone who's into sort of craft or engineering of any type he's a, i would say he's an engineer yeah not a sewer, and I don't know what the difference is, but see, I uh, thing is, is, I hate it when you suggest someone like this because it just makes me want to get my oh, it's a rabbit hole and also yeah. the sewing machine out, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've my... just honestly, all my shirts and t shirts that have grinding holes in them from grinding, they're all now patched up. Literally, every piece of fucking clothing I own, but like, I yeah, I really want to get it out and um and start doing a load of shit. And I, I don't have time. I don't have time for the shit that I'm already doing, let alone something else. But imagine how much more you, time you'd have if you didn't have holes in all your clothes. Fuck you. He's right. He's absolutely right. <laughs> Made a little pouch for my um, safety glasses so they don't get scratched. Nice. Fed up of fucking scratch safety glasses. Every pair of safety glasses I have. Um, oh, I just... I, oh, I want to go down that rabbit hole. Anyway. All right, Steve. Uh... What was the, the order? Who's next? You. That's it. Cool. Uh, I am going to spiff someone who's just, just fucking lovely, and uh, even in her name. Uh, so it's the Sunshine Bindery, uh, Melanie Joy, because oh. she's so joyful. Um, but yeah, a uh, friend who makes just beautiful uh, printed media. Um, so she does illustration and everything as well. Um does uh like prints and cards and wrapping paper and fucking all sorts of shit um is so so incredibly neurodivergent um like full of fucking adhd and everything um and it's just a, a whirlwind of just wholesome loveliness um and uh yeah like the uh all of her stuff is very kind of like you are made of pure magic and shit like that. And it's so fucking twee and it's lovely. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's just a, quite a nice way of just bringing a little bit of sunshine and color into what can be a very boring and fucking monotone uh, Instagram feed at times. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so that's it. Just nice. Just mail. Nice. Uh, Brett, what about you? I have been uh, getting some decent suggestions because um, I I guess what I've been doing while I've been working on stuff is looking for longer format things. Uh, I went through Ready Player One again and completely skipped Ready Player Two. Good. And <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I kind of went through the audiobook stuff and then I was like, oh, maybe just some more informational things, not so much fiction. Uh, and YouTube's got you know, decent documentaries or there are people putting out longer format things that you don't necessarily need to watch. Anyway, this channel is called History Hit. Uh, If you've never heard of it, it's not a small channel by any means. They've got a million subscribers, but they're doing longer format videos 
I've never even heard of them before last week. And they happen to have a really, really fantastic human uh, that's done a couple of pirate videos, like Golden Age of Piracy or, or keying in on specific pirates. Um, I don't know who the hell they are but or how they're finding these people, but I've now just been going through because they have playlists created. It's just historical stories. They... I don't know. The, the The first video that I watched is the expert watching a couple of piratey things in media and then reacting to them and saying what was true or what was not right. So it was like, oh, yeah. it's just another reaction channel. And then the next video they did is just nothing but information and misnomers that you may thought were truth uh, yeah. and have since been proven otherwise. And they go through all of the stuff that I'm interested in medieval times, mm-hmm. you know, warfare, Napoleon, all kinds of crazy stuff. I love this channel now. And I, I think I've just gotten back into a mode of, I want more history or just data or knowledge yeah. as we've talked about in this yeah. podcast. Well, so well, it's a good channel sort of stuff. Um, yes. History hit yeah. is the channel. I've just been scrolling down through and yeah, they've got some, uh, some, pretty big names on there as well. Like they've got fucking Ray Mears. <laughs> yeah. And they've got like Ray Mears on there and fucking. Yeah. Helena Bonham Carter is the second and, most recent video. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some really, really I, I did, I did watch the, um, the Schindler's list one. Ah. Where it's like um, the movie's actually kind to um, like people in that film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the most depressing, horrible film ever. It's like, that's painting them in a good light. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel like reactiony, and that that format of kind of like celebs talking about shit, I, I find really exhausting. But yeah, I can't. They, do they, that they, they seem to get it, get it well, do it well. I think it's maybe because they're passionate about stuff. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I've I've seen a few of their videos, but I, I never really thought about the channel. It, okay. was just stuff, I, it was just stuff that had been like recommended to me, so I just watched the odd video. Right. Yeah. I think this has similarities to the British Museum. Yeah. Uh, channel that I talked about yeah, yeah. where they're more experts like showing you a very specific yeah. thing but this is people talking about full-on time periods or very specific mm-hmm. aspects of a time period and they are experts it doesn't seem like it's a big celebrity grab or like YouTube no. reaction channel so I think they just have me, a lot of their own their own experts yeah, yeah. yeah they don't need to rely on the face yeah right. so it's been good it's been good I've just been kind of letting it autoplay and it's really interesting it jumps all over the place which is not so great if you're trying to keep on a single line of thinking. <laughs> it was like, wait, we were talking about pirates, and now we're talking about World War II. I'm a little yeah. thrown off. And it 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 looks like they've the range of videos as well goes from like ten minutes all the way up to like an hour and a bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you get to digest as much as you want. Yeah, no, that's a really good been fun. I, been a fun. I'm gonna leave that open and uh, put that on sometime when i'm like when i'm doing the washing up maybe yeah dude uh, that's it i don't really think you need to it's all visuals that we've seen before right yeah or like stock footage of stuff so just yeah no. your Good shout uh is there any other business i've got none need to get back to work al anything from you or jazz jazz anything from you jazz cat no meow Okay. No, I'm just going to step on all the keys, though. Hang on. Yeah. Jack, I don't know why Jazz is always winking at me. Um, uh, <laughs> such a good cat. Yeah, what a handsome cat. Uh, right. Uh, uh, emails. So we've got a couple of emails to read out. Uh, as always, we've got one from Alan, um, which is, I'm bringing out a version of the Band-Aid, Band-Aid song. Do they know it's Christmas? It's a cover. Some, someone give him a podcast again uh, and the other one is from Kev Sharkey uh, this came in just after we recorded the last episode so it's quite a while ago um, but some of you may remember that um, that Team Shark Attack were doing a Movember um, uh, what's the fucking word fundraiser I guess yeah yeah we're getting with that um, so yeah just giving an update on that Uh and it's just, hey guys, it was great to hear you back. Uh, it was a lovely treat on the drive home when I finished the podcast and it rolled straight into yours. 
and I got to hear your wonderful selves. So yes, if you if you want to email us and tell us how great it is to hear us, please please do. Um, just want to say thanks for the shout outs. Blah, 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 blah. They managed to raise a frankly fucking astonishing uh, ten thousand nine hundred and fifty seven euros, uh, which is like what is that? Freedom bucks? Yeah, like twelve thousand dollars, something like that. Um, uh, yeah, which in in the last eight years they've raised a total of well over seventy thousand euros, which is fucking incredible. Um, so, so yeah, guys, fuck, firstly, fucking well done, because um, that's seriously fucking impressive. Uh, and yeah, good good luck, like doing like just keep fucking doing it. That's fucking awesome. Um, and he did also say, I suppose I need a joke. So, uh, <laughs> what do you get? If you, fuck sakes, what do you get if you cross an elephant and a rhino? Elevino. Oh, oh. Damn it! I think I heard that when I was six years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you want to send us anything, anything that's not a terrible dad joke, or even if it is a terrible dad joke, I don't care. Uh, you can send limericks. Send limericks. Send limericks. Send limericks. Right, Irish. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, to hello at fwtpodcast.com. Um uh is there any other any other business? Yes. Oh yeah, that was the other one. Uh so I I think again last time I got onto the fact that I what the fuck are you two doing? Uh I got onto the fact Where that I uh couldn't get into the Patreon, so I couldn't actually yeah. upload the the videos. Uh I can I, I I can now. So they they are going up on Patreon now. So if you find the website, that, when's that gonna get updated? Uh when you guys send a thumbnail. No, I mean like actually it was you for like five years you've been saying the website's gonna be redone. Oh no that was for, no uh wasn't five years, that was last year. Right. And that was uh Duncan, so ask Duncan. Because okay. I am not doing it. Put it on somebody else. Put it on yeah. somebody else. It's their yeah. responsibility because it's Duncan, our podcast. Duncan said he was going to. That was all right. Was all right. Um, yes. Uh, is that it? Is that it? Yes. Yeah, that's if you it. Can find us, you can find us in media places. You can find me at Moonshine Networks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. When it moves somewhere else. Yes. Oh. Al's, Al's mobile by the sea. I'm moving by the sea, Brett. Oh, uh, oh. The good, the good sea or up north? You just they're the same thing. Oh. Uh, the cold sea, the Irish <laughs> sea. Yeah, that's not a bad sea. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's it. Until next time. Bye. Love you. Goodbye. Bye, Irish. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Stop recording. <laughs> Fucking idiot.